can't dance before the music. Do what I want. <laughs> Welcome to episode 103 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd. Uh, you can call me Patsy. Uh, you can call me, if you're if you're Miles from the Best Darn Diddly, you can call me Patty Cakes. Uh, I've been called way better and way worse, so, you know, use your imagination. Go with the way worse. I, of course, am joined by the cruelest of months. Uh, Agent Nicole, the Ironborn Goddess of Giggles. Uh, when do you say something? You Nicole? are so, okay. So I was listening to last week's episode. Okay, first of all, Mrs. Benedict Cumberbatch didn't know that she was going to jail, so I just sent her to jail. And two, way to blow my cover. Now I have people after me. Ooh, hey there, Benedict Cumberbatch. You mind if I handle your Infinity Stones? And then that text message you sent me was so fucking gross. <laughs> what you said about, like, the nostrils or something. Nostrils? I oh. said testicles. Yeah, well, and I, I don't remember, but it was like... That's a big difference. <laughs> I'll get you a pamphlet. <laughs> no, but you had... I forgot what you said, but you're... Like, because I had... Quote, unquote, I wasn't feeling well, and you it was so gross. And I was like, I can't believe you said that. You said it was gross. I said something about testicles. I don't remember what it was. But we are also joined, of course, by the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, and the Michael Phelps of wine, oh Ashes Von Nightmare. Going for the gold. I thought she was Pennsylvania, unless you <laughs> fucked that up again. I switch it up between shows to keep people on their toes. Oh, oh and you rhyme. That's right. See, I'm that a, does rhyme. I've got the shows prose that everyone knows. Shows and toes rhyme. Earlier today, he was trying to, you know, spit out a poem on the fly or he was trying to be witty or something and he rhymed do with do like yeah. and i was like no like, that's not how it it's works like the so episode, it's like the episode the bowling episode of the simpsons when the late when they're chanting come on homer come on homer pretend this is baseball and hit us a homer and he's he got the spare and afterwards he goes guys rhyming homer with homer Mwah! uh speaking of uh Mwah, uh, we are joined also <laughs> by the hardest working man in podcasting, the very kissable and velvet voiced Johnny Wolfenstein. Uh, I, think, I think I'd rather that come from uh, someone else in this room, not you. Well, you know, I'm just reporting on the facts. That's all I'm doing. Patsy where do you get your what's, facts? What's, <laughs> like, no, Patsy does constantly carry chapstick in his pockets oh. that he then. Uh, forgets Shares to, with people. Well, no, but that he then you rub it on their to lips too. No, I rub it on my lips first from his pockets before he puts his pants in the laundry. But I do remember to take my pants about? off before I put them in the laundry. <laughs> well, we have a very special show for you today. We are talking today about the most murderous clan of superhero family. That's right, the Incredibles, uh, with the upcoming sequel. And joining us today to talk about this uh, murder family is uh, one of our good friends. She works with us at the Science Factory. She loves lizards. She is a uh, world traveler. Uh, her plans occasionally do get derailed by hurricanes. Uh, <coughs> her name is... Uh, we were trying to come up with a, uh, a, a super fun nickname but um she does enjoy mexican food so we're just going to call her spicy Kristen. <laughs> uh uh 
Spicy Kristen, say hi to everybody. I am the Lizard Queen. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Kristen, you have multiple lizards. That is that true? Yes. You have indeed. Don't nod. <laughs> <laughs> the people at home can't see you, sweetie. They can feel it. They can feel it. Just give us a few of the names and and species of your of your uh, your lizards that you have. I have Hector. She is my female bearded dragon, and Cinco, my male bearded dragon. I have Turd Ferguson. He's my <laughs> sailfin dragon. Max, my blue-tongued skink. Juno, my crested gecko. Mr. and Mrs. Potato, my Euromastics. <laughs> and Itty Bitty, my Euromastics as well. Oh, and that's uh, crap, they're the, the ones that did that song, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, right? <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. So, Kristen, this is your first time on the show. I think this is your first time doing any podcast, if I'm correct. Yep. So... What we like to do on this show is we like to ask some random questions. And I promised you earlier today that I had some very interesting questions for you. Uh, so are you ready for your interesting questions? I suppose so. Okay, so <laughs> this first question is the one that I'm most curious to uh, find your answer to. Uh, which lizard do you think would be the most delicious? Oh, that's not nice. Um... Can I just... Uh, <laughs> That's Kristen, a stupid question. I'm Kristen. sorry. <laughs> well, she loves lizards and she's a vegetarian. It was like, so. Kristen is a veggie-saurus, so... This is rude. That's a horrible question. Why would I'm you ask curious, that? If you're out in the wilderness and, you know, you have no choice and all that you have to eat are swarms and swarms of lizards, <laughs> what kind would you hope that they were? Berries. Patiosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Wish. <coughs> See, um, I feel like I would eat my human companions before no, I you're had alone. to resort you're alone. to eating. Nope, you're alone. You're the sole survivor of the bus crash down the hill in the Amazon. You were on a tour. You were uh, headed to Cartagena to visit your sister because uh, she had been kidnapped by insurgents. So wait, why would I be visiting my sister if she was kidnapped? Why wouldn't I be rescuing my sister <laughs> yeah. if she was kidnapped? Well, well know, my sister was kidnapped, so I'm just going to go visit her. They're very, very in the accommodating Amazon. kidnappers. I'm a piranha. So from the Amazon. You're the only one. Uh, and what they require from you is the jewel of the Nile. So you're trying to meet up with Michael Douglas, but you haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Wait, Michael Douglas, like now, or Michael Douglas, like thirty years ago? Um, well, basically, this would be the plot of *Romancing the Stone*. So all you have to do is outsmart uh, Danny DeVito. So, again, Rumham. What would your what would your what kind of lizard <laughs> do you think? <laughs> Coming back to the actual question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I suppose the blue gummy skink. lizards. Okay, blue gummy blue lizards. Yeah. All right, because it probably tastes like blue raspberry. <laughs> I guess so. The All biggest right. chance is there for now. That. <laughs> you've traveled a lot. You've yeah. gone to a lot of places. Um, I, I can see you just <laughs> dreading these questions. Um, well, you didn't really start off real strong there, <laughs> asking a vegetarian to eat one of her lizards. No, I just said which one would be the most delicious. I'm not saying you have to eat one, but if you had to, uh, what are the top three places you'd like to visit? 
Um, well, I'd like to go back to Belize and go different places in the country. I would like to go to the Maldives and uh, Australia. Okay. Now, we know you, so we know we that, do. that you really like stingrays. <laughs> so, seeing as how you really like stingrays, what are your least favorite animals? <laughs> House humans. centipedes. And humans. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, house centipedes. Mm, yes. Scorpions. Whip Children. scorpions. They're pretty much some of the only things that I'm not interested in spending any time with. Baby humans. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So if it was a choice between baby humans or a whip centipede, or a whip scorpion, and a... Uh, centipede sandwich which would you prefer to eat <laughs> will you stop with the gross questions? i'm sorry that's called oh. a california cheeseburger it's a baby <laughs> between two pieces of bread oh well you guys are supposed to have questions prepared for her as well so why don't you ask your questions well i was gonna ask if she wouldn't mind sharing one of her like adventures that you just went on so you just went to mexico Ooh, tell us about your bike riding adventure. <laughs> Apparently, you can forget how to ride a bike. Yes, you can. You, you can indeed. It's not like riding a bike. Too many blue tongue skanks chasing after you. I was going to say, how many yeah. tequila shots did you take? Um, not enough, I guess. It was, um, yeah, riding a bike for the first time in about 10 years and just decided I was going to lose control and go off the trail and fall on my face. And I thought I broke my hand, but turns out I didn't. So that that's was, good. That did look pretty nasty. It was, it was pretty nasty. Yeah. Now, it's all better now. While you were there, though, you did something that I was uh, immensely jealous of. This is what I was getting at. Yeah. I didn't want her to tell her the bike ride story. I wanted, to tell, I wanted her to talk about you this. You start off with the weaker story, and then you build to the better story. Yeah, so I got to swim with whale sharks. They ended up uh, being there after all. They travel through the area um, starting in late May, early June. So we were there just the beginning of June, and they were there too. So we went on a boat out to um, wherever it is that they uh, end up off the coast of Cancun. The ocean. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) There's a particular name for the area. I'm just not sure what it is. Thank you, Patrick. Yes, indeed. Whale Shark Cove. Sure. Yeah, that's reasonable. And uh, we got to jump in the water and swim around with them in uh, just in the water that was I don't even know how deep, but hundreds and hundreds of meters, which was kind of scary. But the whale sharks were pretty incredible. And uh, one of your uh, traveling companions that was on this uh, little excursion with you uh, made a remark about some of the uh, the uh, other fish that were around the whale shark. <laughs> Why don't you uh, let our listeners know about that? Because I thought this was funny. Yeah, I did too. It was um, some of, one of the other people on the boat. Uh, they jumped in the water and... When the whale shark went by, he read like surfaced and uh, yelled, "This one's got babies on it." Ugh. People Which don't understand how that works. They don't. No, they're fish. That's not how that works. 
at all. They're remores. They're like the little birds that live on top of like you know elephants or crocodiles and clean them. Like they're basically groomers. A very nice symbiotic relationship, indeed. Uh, Agent Nicole, did you have a question for Kristen? Kristen, if you had to create your own dessert and name it, and what's what would be the ingredients in it? I don't know. This is just off the cuff. <laughs> no, that's like the, those is are the it, We of do questions. eat a lot of dessert together. Yeah. Yeah. The three of us, mm-hmm. Kristen, Agent Nicole, and myself. That's true. We also consume a lot of margaritas. And mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I do. Um, I don't know. I, would s- I just did see a recipe for a uh, iced coffee float with oh. Baileys. Ooh. Ooh. So you like Baileys? Yeah. You ever so. drunk Baileys from a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> Want to go to a club where people wee on each other? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so that sounds amazing, and I feel like we need to try that for one of our, like, ladies' nights that we do. Yeah, definitely. I saved the recipe, so yeah. we're good. Also, yes. I uh, would like to share my newfound interest with uh, with you guys next time we have a girls' night with Disney movies. Girls and. Night. Alcohol, rose um, all day, rose all day, yeah. and Disney <laughs> all day um, is to cream tequila. So that's uh, that's my new thing. It's good stuff. Straight I from Mexico. Interested. Is Patrick invited? No, I'm no. not. Invited. <laughs> no, no, he's, I'm generally like you know the the transportation. Yeah, I was say he's the from. designated driver. Yeah, he's the adult. <laughs> yeah, but when they're the overnight, adult. I don't give a shit. You know, do what you want. I'll just. <laughs> play video games and to be awesome. Patrick is our Uber. <laughs> <laughs> He's our handler. I don't get, uh, I, I don't charge as much as some of these Ubers. We just yeah, feed you. You get tipped. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <Ew>. So, <clears throat> Kristen, thank you for answering all of our hard-hitting, well-thought-out, uh, deeply intellectual questions. Um, so, you're here today because uh, not just for this show that we're record, record, we are recording, but you're actually going to stay here for an entire week and record next week for our other show as well. So I'm very excited for that. Um, <laughs> we have the green room stocked with every type of lizard, so that's kind of why <laughs> I was asking. So many lizards. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, girls like swarms of things, right? Um, so what we're going to do today, we're talking about The Incredibles. Um and they're just wanton bloodthirst and brutality. Well, you know what they say, a family that slays together stays, stays together. together. Yeah. Um, we have some, some interesting facts. Um, I collected a, a list of, and we'll reveal this after break, obviously, but I collected a list of film franchises uh, with, a lower, with lower body counts than this film has. Which is super fun. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about who the Incredibles are, their comic book analogs, and... Uh, and what we hope is going to happen with the sequel. I, you know, if the sequel that is 14 years in the making, and we'll Jesus. talk about that a little more yeah. after break. This is an ant are you trashing? Are you there trashing? was an ant crawling on my notes. Now I threw him across the room. Mm-hmm. That's I think really rude. Well, Scotland <laughs> doesn't deserve that. In my purse? Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it's Ant-Man. Yeah, well, maybe well, he should have been It's Anthony. On <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. 
And when we we're going to go find Anthony. And when we come back, good luck with it. <laughs> and when we come back, we are going to discuss uh, People. the uh, family with the uh, highest kill count in all of uh, in all of Pixar. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. And we are back. Oh my god! I don't know what like? Agent Nicole is doing. Uh, you just heard a promo for the Derailers. Um, Ashes and I actually are going to be guests on that show, and that episode will air uh, next Tuesday. Hashtag dicks out for Harambe. Hashtag dicks oh out god. for Harambe. You'll once you listen to the episode, it'll all make sense. Yes, you'll know what that but, means. But yeah, that was a really fun episode. That was um, so much shout fun. out to the derailers for Ripkin, Goobs and Jenny Bean having us on. That was a lot of fun. I think we derailed the derailers so many times really? yes. that I don't know if we really completed a complete like thought process. It took us forty minutes to just answer like the first topic. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear it. I mean, that was... I would call that devolution, that episode. Yes, yes. I drank a lot. (laughs) Yep, I had had some uh, apple brandy that's been sitting in the fridge for about four years. Or a freezer. It was uh, potent. 
So it was apple vinegar pretty much at this point? Basically, yes. Yes. So... Is the vodka that I gave you like a long time ago still there? No, wait. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Sandy oh. drank it, right? Oh, the vodka that you gave us? Oh, no, no, that sweetie, that's gone. That's yeah, gone. That's, that's right. been gone. Sandy drank that. Oh, we, we, we had a lot of screwdrivers. I introduced. Yeah. So, long story short, Sandy is my foster child. Not really, but that's what we call her. Um, and yes, I introduced Sandy to the world of screwdrivers. And she loves them. <laughs> so yes. I've created a monster, uh, uh, also known as a drinking buddy. A booze-fueled <laughs> monster. Yes. So, yeah, that vodka was gone. Okay. I just was like, gone. I oh, no. I no, I had to go out and buy more. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It was, it was shared by many. That's good. So <clears throat> if you are unfamiliar with the film we're talking about today, we're talking about 2004's uh, the Incredibles from Disney Pixar, and uh, it stars Craig T. Nelson, who was super super busy uh, doing DVD commentary for his series Coach that was on in the late '80s. So that's why it took 14 years for the for the uh, second movie to come out. Even though we've gotten 12 Cars movies, if you count like the planes and trains and well, the other one, I don't whatever fucking ones they had, submarines. You know, I don't know and automobiles. Um, well, we already said cars, so that's why I didn't say automobiles, because that is redundant. If you look up redundant in the dictionary, it says see redundant. So <laughs> Hashtag I don't give a fuck. Hashtag your hat is stupid. So <laughs> Lame. Hashtag so. she's not even wearing, wearing a hat. hat. Yeah, because it's stupid. <laughs> so, this is stupid. So it also stars... Uh, so that's Craig T. Nelson as Mr. Incredible, also known as Bob Parr. Yes. It has uh, Holly Hunter as Helen Parr, known as Elastigirl slash, I don't know if she ever goes by Mrs. Incredible. Yeah, she goes by Mrs. Incredible. Which is lame. She should have kept her well, maiden name. Well, apparently that actually was a conflict with DC, DC Comics. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. So they were really hesitant to give Disney Pixar the rights to the Elastigirl name. And the only yeah, too busy. reason, <laughs> well, the only the only way that they would relinquish some of those rights is if um, with like the toys and all of the other like branding opportunities, they branded her as Mrs. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is why I don't believe you actually. I, I don't believe there are any Elastigirl like. Toys, toys and stuff out there. Like They're all Mrs. Incredible. Which is dumb. Or, I mean, or you know, Helen Parr. You could have you could have come up with like, you know, rubber girl or stretch lass or something like that. I don't know. Well I mean like I like Elastigirl. Like yeah. that has a nice ring to it. I enjoy that. Yeah, but, but if you, you know, have to jump through all these hoops to like DC, because DC takes great care of their of their characters. Hey, you know what sucked about Suicide Squad? Let's make that into a solo film. Well, what Woo! I don't understand is that DC really isn't, it's not like a money thing for them, you know? it's They're not really struggling for income, so Back why? then, they kind of were. Uh, I mean, uh, okay, okay, so maybe there's that, but anyways. I mean, if Disney and Pixar were going to use something that I had a trademark too. You're goddamn right they're going to be paying me for it. Gonna make it rain up in here. I mean, Disney is notorious for suing people over their stuff. So if you want to, you know, be a division of this and use somebody else's stuff, you goddamn better make sure that you're reciprocal. 
So we also have uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Frozone. Where's my super suit? And, uh, oh my God, Jason Lee as uh, Syndrome. Yep. Yep. And Buddy. Bye, Buddy. Hope you find your dad. (laughs) It's a different Buddy. But, um, thanks, Mr. Narwhal. (laughs) So this film is about, um, it's very similar. You didn't even introduce the children. I don't care about the kids. So Fuck you have you. Yeah, the kids the, the, the are awesome. You gotta start. No, no, no. Yeah, I, but no. But the children the, the are, are public, an integral part. But they're not at the beginning. But they kind of are. I'm getting to the kids. Just how dare? Oh my god! So when the movie opens, we see you know, like interviews with some of these superheroes, <laughs> and. You know, it's it's very reminiscent of the Civil War storyline where, you know, Mr. Uh, Incredible ends up saving someone who was attempting to commit suicide. He saved him, but the guy got injured, so then sued. And then other people started coming forward and suing all the superheroes. So the superheroes had to go into hiding through the government. The government, you know, gave them amnesty, essentially, and relocated them like a witness protection thing. So they had to settle down and live normal, boring lives, you know. And we see this opening scene is where Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are actually getting married. So they were going to be Mr. and Mrs. Elasticredible because she hyphenated her last name. Well, that's if she hyphenated Elasticredible, is that's not how that works. Well, she also abbreviated and hyphenated. She's she's nice like that because it wouldn't fit in most of those like online search boxes and like when you have to like fill your name out in like little boxes at like the DMV and stuff, it just wouldn't fit. So I think before we get into the bulk of our conversation talking about these characters and oh my god, I cannot wait to talk about Edna Mode because she's the best. But anyways, um, so the movie came out in two thousand and four. We were all alive in 2004. I'm sure we all saw the movie in or around 2004. So let's no. just go around. What do you mean, no? You weren't alive in 2004? <laughs> I was alive, but I was 23, and I wasn't like, hmm, let me rush out to see a Disney movie. I was very big into horror movies in my early 20s. Well, good for I wasn't you. so much into the, the uh, Disney Pixar stuff. Like, I didn't see Toy Story or any of those for years after they came out. So let's go around and just talk about your your first viewing of the movie, your thoughts of the movie. It doesn't even have to be your first. Okay, so I saw the face. It doesn't have to be your first viewing of the movie. Just, you know, do you like the movie? What do you like about it? Mm -hmm. And we'll just start from there. So Agent Nicole. All right. So 2004, I was mm, freshman slash sophomore. So I was pretty young. I don't think I saw it in the movie theaters. I think one of my friends who was at the time like a huge Disney fiend, like she loved Disney because every time we go out, it was all about Disney. Um, I think she got like the DVD when it came out and I really enjoyed it. I like I like the aesthetics of it. It's very 1950s, 60s kind mm-hmm. of esque. Um, I like Pixar. Like I, I like Disney. I'm a, a fan of Disney. Um I probably will definitely talk more about Edna, but Edna's my favorite character. I which, love Edna Which mode. is voiced by uh, Brad Bird, who's the director slash writer slash the creator of The Incredibles. And uh, uh, definitely uh, a, a result of nepotism because his uncle got him into it. 
Okay. His okay. uncle that was on Sesame Street, Big Bird. Oh, God. Anyways. Waka waka zing. Can we cut his mic? <laughs> um, no, I, I've always enjoyed The Incredibles. It's one of those movies that um, when it's mentioned in like regular you know, conversation, I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't seen it in a long time. And then I would watch it a couple more, like couple of times. Like when we were when we discussed that we were going to talk about it, I was really excited, and I rented the movie out. And it just it's such a good movie. It's a little dark in a lot of places, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But it's it's a good movie. It's a good Pixar movie. What about you, Kristen? Um, well, I remember I am fairly certain I saw it in the theater. I want to say with my dad. Uh, I was twelve, so. Um, <laughs> been a while i was 22 yeah i know 12 or 13 um and i remember i really enjoyed it i thought it was just a really interesting and fun movie um different than a lot of other pixar pixar movies at that time um yeah (laughs) so i don't know i it's been a while since i've seen it but uh i definitely enjoyed it for sure I think it's one of those underrated movies. It's definitely yeah. not as popular as some of the other Pixar mm-hmm. films. And I enjoy, I would say as a whole, I love Pixar. I love what they put out. I think that they take a lot of care and, and put a lot of, they, they have pride in their work and they have like a certain like standard to their films and I think they just put out a really good product. Like I like how it's uh, has become kind of like a subsection of, of Disney. Um, I remember my dad being super duper excited to see this movie. He was a fan of Pixar films ever since Toy Story. Toy, Toy Story was the first full like feature length film that Pixar put out, and we pretty much went to the theater to see like every single Pixar movie. Uh, but he was for some reason, like really excited about this one. And after viewing it recently, like rewatching it for, I don't know, the bajillionth time I've seen it so many times. It's such a great film. Um, I kind of understood it a little more and we'll get into that as we start to kind of dissect, uh, the Robert Parr, Mr. Incredible character Mm -hmm. but I think that there's something so relatable to his character specifically that Mm -hmm. even as an adult right now like I kind of feel that yeah um you know that that longing for something more Mm -hmm. um but yeah I just I remember my dad being so excited to see it and we saw it and he wasn't one of those types of people who goes out and buys a movie the moment it drops um Mm -hmm. But he did that with The Incredibles. Like, as he was kind of like counting down the days that it was released. And as soon as it was released, he went out and he, I think he went to Walmart and got it on DVD. That was so <laughs> riveting at the time. Cutting edge. Oh. <laughs> now we have Blu ray. Um, but, anyways, it's just such a fun film. There's so many layers to it. And when you really sit down and watch it from like a like an analytical angle, you really start to see the layers Mm -hmm. of this flick. It's just so good. And, you know, we were talking, Patrick and I were talking a little bit about the 
the technology and stuff that was used, you know, we've come so far, but there's a lot like for the time it still holds up. And it's still an enjoyable film to watch. And I think that in comparison to some of the other Pixar films, I'm not a fan of Cars. I know that that was a really big thing. Never seen it. Really any of them. not. Uh, I saw the first one. Didn't see the second one. I definitely seen didn't any of the see cars or any the, of the third planes. one. And then they came out with planes and stuff. Yeah. I'm really upset that it took them 14 years to give us a sequel to this movie. Toys. They weren't marketable as toys. So, you know, the fact that we got two more Toy Story movies, we had the Abundance of Cars movies. We even found Dory, you know, a couple of years ago. And they couldn't give us another Incredibles movie until this point. Yeah. We also got Ratatouille. We had a, a movie about a rat chef. I love Ratatouille. I think that's another underrated Pixar film. See, I didn't see the film until, you know, my late 20s. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it the other day, you know, even watching it, you know, with a, an eye out looking for, you know, the typical Pixar Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found out that this is the only film that does not have the Pizza Planet track. I know. Mm. I was Every wrong. other fucking Pixar film. Uh, but what this does have, and this kind of set the tone, is the A113. Yep. You will see that everywhere. And pretty much anything animated. Uh, especially anything animated that Brad Bird works right. on. Right. He was kind of like the one who introduced that little trademark. And he was doing that long before... Um, Incredibles, in, yeah. The Incredibles, because he did it... I think the first time he did it was in a 1987 episode of Amazing Stories on HBO. I remember that. It was about a, uh, an a animated do- one about a dog. dog, yep. And then he did it... Uh, in the Simpsons episode, I believe it was season two. It was Krusty the Clown's Krusty, jumpsuit. Krusty gets busted. It was his prison number, A113. And it's been used a few times since then. Like, you'll notice it on a few other uh, jumpsuits. But A113 refers to the um, the classroom number where a lot of animators, you know, basically learned their craft. Yeah. Um, even the cell, the grid that the the cell that Bob is held in, mm-hmm. is A one cell thirteen. So, what A one thirteen again? You know, it's it's very similar to the the THX eleven thirty eight that George Lucas will slip into all his films. So, but the one thing I did think really stood out upon a rewatch is the shocking amount of death that occurs in this film. And I know people are listening to this going, oh, there's Patsy again. Like, you know, I'm just going off on a tangent. No, the kill count for this movie, if you include uh, the already dead Gazer Beam, if you include the five supers uh, that Edna talks about with their capes. No capes. And the 15 supers who were killed by previous versions of the Omnidroid, mm-hmm. uh, the kill count is 37. Um... To put that in perspective, the Hostel franchise has 35 kills. That's the Hostel franchise. Not just one or two or three. All of them together. 
All of the Jaws movies have 27 deaths. Night of the Demons, that franchise, 25. Paranormal Activity, 15. Fast and Furious, there's like 35 of those. 16 deaths. I Spit on Your Grave, that franchise has 29 deaths. The Scream franchise has 39. So, four movies all about a slasher and someone, you know, stabbing the shit out of people has two more deaths than the single film that we see. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, oh, well, you know, you don't know that they died. Uh, In the jungle chase scene alone, there are six deaths. Like, the guys in the, the bladed hovercrafts that are chasing after Dash, when, like, he moves and, like, they miss him and they smash and explode. Yeah, those guys aren't getting up from that. So, 37 deaths. So... I'm interested to see what The Incredibles 2 does because now these kids have used their powers for a little bit longer and they're a little bit better, so they're going to be more efficient murder machines. And, well, I'll add more to that number, but there's been 35 explosions in the film, 189 buttons being pressed, and 640 gunshots. And they use the word fuck 613 times. (laughs) That's why it's rated PG. That what? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's okay to show people dying in fiery explosions, but whew, as long <laughs> as there's no naughty language. But it's okay because it's a cartoon. Oh yeah, okay. cartoons are happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Happy little cartoons. So, Kristen, when you uh, when you watched the film, you, did you get to watch it recently? I didn't get a chance to. Unbelievable. I know. Uh, That's okay. So she's super prepared for the next episode. Yes. Yes. Like super, super prepared. Like she's super even wearing prepared. a That's t-shirt. That's more important. Yeah. Yes. So when you watched it, what was your overall impression? Like have you, uh, are you familiar with comics and comic characters uh, at all to kind of look at this and, and sort of make the make the comparison to say like another character that you know you see in more mainstream superhero lore? Um, honestly, I wasn't into comics, um, and I'm not now, it's not like anything's changed, um, so I didn't really get a chance to see it that way, um, I didn't have that perspective to, uh, watch it with that, um, but I just remember, like, being 12, I was pretty similar to the way I am now, and, uh, I would say I related to uh, Violet mm-hmm. quite a bit, the uh, yeah. moody, moody teenager. And you do turn invisible when, uh, uh, when yep. you don't want to be dealing with people. Yes. I've seen you do it. Yep. Or have I? <laughs> um, see, for me, watching this, you know, and Nicole, I know what you're thinking. Like, mm-hmm. the obvious analog is the Fantastic Four. Yeah, there was a lot of script changes for The Incredibles because of the Fantastic Four movies. I mean, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Fantastic Four, other than the fact that... uh, There's four of them. Yeah, there's (laughs) there's four of them. And they're fantastic. And there have been (laughs) two groups of actors to play them in the last 20 years. But I will say that uh, we were very fortunate that, that those franchises did not take off because both times the guy who played the Human Torch went on to be fantastic. The original Human Torch in these movies was Chris Evans. Captain who, America. Who plays Captain America mm-hmm. and is, 
has probably the strongest uh, trilogy, yeah, uh, the strongest films of any of the Marvel characters, mm-hmm. and the uh, guy who played Human Torch in the second in the reboot, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, who gave us the hey, amazing, yeah. the amazing <laughs> villain of will, Eric Killmonger. I will say this: I did see the recent Fantastic Four. Michael B. Jordan was the only reason why it's. For me, it was saved it. But I like, had no interest in seeing it. As soon as I like, and Miles Teller, I'm like, yeah, Miles I'm out. Teller fucking ruined. Sorry, I'm done. Miles Teller, I'm out. I'm <laughs> yeah. done. I'm so, he's, <coughs> the market has been oversaturated with Miles Teller films. And it's like, I'm surprised they didn't cast Shailene Woodley as, as the Invisible Woman. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, the, the uh, Fantastic Four has Reed Richards, named, who's, Superhero name is Mr. Fantastic, and he can stretch really far. So, obviously, the parallel is Miss uh, Elastigirl. I'm going to call her that. Uh, Suck it, DC. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you. Uh, Bring Ray Park with you. <laughs> no! We have, uh, we have a Ray Park was Marvel, because he played Toad. Um we have the thing Ben Grimm who is the giant rocky guy who fought uh, the hulk a lot he was the powerhouse of the of the group obviously that parallel is mr incredible because he's very strong he's very durable uh the invisible woman obviously that's violet who uh is the parallel for the invisible woman because they are both women who turn invisible that's a very clever name that's like naming the hulk green strong guy who much anger and now the only one that doesn't have a parallel in the Fantastic Four is Dash because Dash has super speed. Where in the, the fourth member of the Fantastic Four is Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, mm-hmm. who could turn into fire and fly around. Okay, but to kind of maybe create some sort of, of connection between the two. So Edna Mode, when showing Helen Parr the suits, clearly states that Dash's suit has been made with this extra durable non-friction material yeah, so he won't catch on fire catch on fire because and it won't wear out because he runs so quickly right but that i mean he could technically be the human torch well jack jack is really except, run so fast that he could catch on fire except like that wouldn't like the human torch can catch on fire and not die from it if dash were to catch on fire he he would die or, well, I'm just, okay, I'm just saying that there is some kind of par- like yeah, parallel no, I, between the two. Uh, I see it. And Jack-Jack is a Skrull because <laughs> he exhibits all these different powers. Can we not talk about Skrulls? He's I can't deal with them. shape-shifting. Listen, just because you, like, listen, you leave work at work. We're talking about Skrulls here, okay? I don't care that you deal, dealt with it at the Skrull homeworld, okay? You deal with it here, too. You knew what you were getting into. That's why they drove a dump truck full of money up to your house. I mean, they left the dump truck and took the money, but still. <laughs> hey, free dump truck. Yeah, right? So, you know, we see, obviously, a lot of different superheroes. And at this point, you know, in 2004 when this movie came out, which means they were probably working on it for several years. So probably around 2000 they started, you know, with the concept and then really getting you know, all the characters fleshed out and everything like that. You know, there's already thousands of superheroes. I mean, we're not just talking Marvel and DC, but we have, you know, Valiant and and, and uh, Image and Dark Horse. And, like, there's so... 
there's going to be an analog somewhere. Like, there's half a dozen, you know, speedster characters who have, you know, used the speed force in, in, and are associated with the Flash. Aside from the Flash, you know, just in DC alone, like, super speed is a common power. So you could look at this and find a parallel to anyone. I will say the one thing, and when we were watching this last night, I made note of this. Um, one thing that Elastigirl can do that Mr. Fantastic can't is she's incredibly strong in addition to her uh, incredible durability because we see her with her arms and legs outstretched supporting a fucking RV, which Mr. Fantastic cannot do to the best of my knowledge. However, speaking of the parallels between the Fantastic Four and the Incredibles... The first Fantastic Four movie came out shortly after this movie. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the film, we see Elastigirl use her, her powers to pick up a manhole and kind of wrap her arm around a pole. Uh, not a manhole, a manhole cover. It would have been more impressive if she picked up the manhole. <laughs> and use the elasticity of her arm to add momentum to the throw. Well, Mr. Fantastic does a very similar thing at the end of the Fantastic Four movie where he uses his elasticity to throw a mailbox at the bad guy and then, you know, wrap around him a whole bunch of times. Fox actually sunk like another several million dollars into the CGI because the CGI that they had didn't look as good as what the Incredibles had. So Fox sunk more money to make their live action version look better than the, the, uh, the cartoon. Nicole, I know you have some notes over there, and I'm sure you're dying to say something. So no, just keep going. I'm just getting things collected. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, Kristen, Ashes and, and Nicole have already indicated that they love Edna Mode, and that was their favorite character. Who was your favorite character? I don't know. I I would say probably Edna as well. She's she's pretty fantastic. I know it's she's got a tragic. I mean, she's again, so fabulous. She's darling, she is. You see, I'm gonna I'm gonna break from tradition here. Oh, While course. she is good, I do enjoy her. Uh, but I'm actually gonna go with a couple of secondary characters. Is it Jack Jack? No. I said want to secondary turn into a little baby demon. It's the neighbor kid. <laughs> it's that was totally wicked. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. That kid and Kari, the babysitter, because in the short <laughs> film, The Trouble with Jack Jack. Oh my god! That I is about that, that may be the best fucking part because you hear. These frantic, Hello, Mrs. Parr. <laughs> you hear Mrs. these frantic, Kari. terrible, like worrisome, Kari with an eye. <laughs> worrisome uh, voicemails from Kari because she's been watching the kid while the you know, everyone else is on like this adventure, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, Kari's got." Yeah, I mean, not Kari. Jack Jack doesn't have any powers. He's fine, and we see throughout this entire thing. Because he doesn't manifest any of his powers till the very end of the film. He's so got powers now. We don't know that he has these abilities, but Kari does. There he Because she's been dealing with them. Yeah. And it's a bit much for a young babysitter to have to deal with. So, um, 
what I did like is that they cast everybody who played a character was roughly the same age as their uh, off-screen counter. The the actor was roughly the same age as their on-screen counterpart. Yep. With the exception of Violet, who was played by like a sixty-year-old woman. Well. Okay, so the casting of her occurred because Brad Bird uh, was a frequent listener of NPR, mm-hmm. and she was a, I don't know if she either had a show or was a frequent contributor to a show mm-hmm. on NPR, and he heard her voice and just thought that it was perfect, mm-hmm. Absol- absolutely perfect for Violet, which I mean, I agree. Yeah. So, in order to try to persuade her, because she wasn't a voice actor, she didn't do any of that. She, you know, was a broadcaster. She read things, um, but she was not a voice actor. So, in order for him to kind of persuade her to do this, he actually animated some of her NPR readings to kind of show her that, hey, you can just be you. Yeah. Just read, you know, use your own voice. Just read and you can be a character. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, persuaded her like she was persuaded. She was like, okay, you know what? Like, let's let's do this. Yeah. Um, And I think her voice is perfect. It perfectly encaptures that. You know, I know emo wasn't a thing in like the 60s, but she's like that perfect like emo goth teen. I'm so I'm coming into my own, but I'm so over it. Yeah, that's something we kind of skipped over. The fact that this movie takes place in 1962. I mentioned that I like mm. the aesthetics of it. In yeah. 1960s. Yeah, she mentioned that. Yeah. It's but I mean, like, there's really no, like, this is when this is happening. Um, the only thing is the newspaper that Bob reads is that's, you know, the date on it is 1962. So, like, that's really the only mention. Because I don't say, this is when this happens. So I'm kind of wondering, like, because some of this stuff looks, uh, like, more modern. But I, I know what you're saying, Nicole. Like, definitely the, the, the aesthetic, like, the way the robots look and things yeah. like that. Um, well, not only that, like, the way the buildings are presented, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the clothing types. You know, there's just little... It doesn't hit you over the head with yeah. it's clearly this time period, but there are just kind of like little things, like little nods to it that make you think, okay, like this clearly isn't 2004. Yeah. You know, this is... They're probably playing, paying tribute to like the 1960s style Like the cartoons. golden age yeah. of, of comics. Yeah. Because, I mean, everything you see is like, <laughs> there's like super high tech stuff everywhere. Yeah. But... You know, some of the things like when Bob gets his car, when he starts to get his groove back and he uh, has like the the weird like DeLorean open up doors as opposed to open out doors. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Bat wings. Is that I don't know if that's the right word. I don't think that's the right word. But you're looking at me like I I don't know cars. When you speak about the DeLorean, I think. Because um, Brad Bird had this idea for it for a very long time. I think either early or late 80s into the early 90s, he had this idea of the Incredibles for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if he was kind of paying tribute to Back to the Future. Well, I think that was more like a different style mm. 
you know, like that type of aesthetic, like the way that car looked. Yeah. You know, because there were certain, like, you know, well, and higher you end of- cars have weird door open, so you don't open your door into smashing something. But also, if you Kristen's, think about Kristen's, it. Kristen's, yeah, because yeah. those, like, slide up. straight up. But if you think about it, in the 60s, they were also obsessed with future. Yeah. Mm, what are things going to be like in the future? future yeah. The Jetsons, you know, kind of like coming up with this futuristic, uh, you know, clothing and these futuristic architecture ideas and mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, it could be a play on that as well. Correct. Just, you know, their version of Jetsons. what they think would be. I know. Right. We were just talking about this the other day. The Jetsons the takes Jetson place in 2002. Place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that did not happen, but thanks for playing. Like, you know, where's my fucking robot maid? God damn it. Where's my briefcase hover car? Um, where's my 13-hour work day? George Jetson complained today. I had to push eight buttons off and on today. I am exhausted. These 13-hour work weeks are killing me. Okay, anyways, we should talk about Edna. So, yeah, yeah let's talk, talk okay, about- so yeah, let's talk about Edna, and then I kind of want to get into some of the family dynamic <laughs> and stuff as well. So, Edna Mode, oh my goodness, so Edna Mode is voiced by Brad Bird, mm-hmm. and he ended up voicing the character because he really couldn't find anyone to voice the character in the way that he wanted the character to be presented and he actually approached Lily Tomlin about voicing Edna Mode and he had done all of the like the screen tests and the audio tests and stuff using the Edna Mode voice that we have come to know and love and he played it for her kind of being like okay this is kind of what I want her to sound like and Lily Tomlin was like why do you why am I here you've got it yeah. You've already like this is it. Yeah. You know, you don't need somebody to voice her. You've already voiced her. Yeah. And Brad Bird was like, "Oh, maybe you're right." And he yeah. ultimately decided that he would vo- voice Edna Mode and it's so perfect. It's absolutely fabulous, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and um have you heard about the fan theory about like the no capes and everything? No. So I recent I think they just came out with this theory about like kind of saying like Edna is kind of like the superhero of this entire film. Basically, you know, the whole no cape thing is obviously like the death that happened it's to, a cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale. And you see where, like, um, like somebody who she was really close to died because of the cape. And the only last superhero that has the cape is, what's his face? Um, Syndrome. 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 Because he was so obsessed with being, you know... A, a superhero he, and looking like, like a superhero. Yeah, and so there's a quote that kind of parallels to it where she says darling luck favors the prepared so all these years where she was kind of reluctant about getting people superhero costumes and everything she prepared for people to take down uh syndrome or whatever his name is because you know you see these different you know like the suits are prepared for what might happen well and and she makes each suit you know at at least pertaining to the incredibles Mm -hmm. she makes each suit pertaining to the strengths and weaknesses of each character so these are you are elastic girl you know your suit is made to stretch as far as you can and it's extra breathable and machine washable you know making it easier for the mom on the go you know um 
uh, Violet's suit can, you know, her thing is she can turn invisible, but her clothes can't. Yeah. And her suit was made with, you know, this specialized material mm-hmm. that can go invisible when she does. Yeah. And we mentioned like Dash's suit is made so, you know, it's you know, to reduce friction. And so it, it doesn't wear and it doesn't cause fires. And then Mr. Incredible's suit is made to be as indestructible yeah. as as he is. And without these suits, yeah. you know, they would not have succeeded. In the right. She's a, she, you know. right. And then she made one for Jack Jack, too. She's like, oh, I made one for the baby. I don't know what his powers are. But and, and I love this part because Helen's like, oh, Jack Jack doesn't have any powers. And she's like, oh, he'll just still look fabulous, darling. <laughs> yeah, because like, he shows like, oh, look. It's bulletproof and flame resistant. She's yeah. like, "What do you think the baby's going to be getting <laughs> well, into?" We'll definitely see in the second film. That's right, but out. but she preps for that because yeah. at the you know at the end you do see Jack Jack in his little incredible suit, and yeah. it's so freaking cute. And like, I love it when he goes like full on like little demon mode. But I He's think like, you know that like the fan theory is like you know Edna was preparing for something to happen, and she did. She I knew she was. I I believe that Ed, Edna was the brains behind the entire operation. Like mm-hmm. she kind of planted that idea. You know, like oh yes, and you know, I kind of want an Edna mode in my life because she's so positive. You might like, get one soon. <laughs> I might be cosplaying. Are you um, going to be cosplaying yes. Edna mode? Oh yes, my um, God! When for what? Just for shits and giggles. Oh my God! Please do it. Please, just every day, all day, every day. <laughs> just please, please. Yes, my Patsy. my theory is that Syndrome went to her to get his super suit made mm-hmm. and he told her what he wanted and she told him you know she kind of like she knows like, no what's going on no she no, didn't she tell knows, him no she cape. knows that he was no but she, she, she knows knew that the he whole was no a bad cape. guy yeah. so she so made she sure like, he hey, had you cape. know what you need yeah. a cape yeah so i think she gave him the cape yeah no i completely agree with that yeah she's so she's i mean who else makes super incredible. suits she was prepared for something to happen. Someone has to stop the bad guy. Someone has to look out for the greater good. Mm. The greater good. Greater good? I am the greatest good that you I are ever. I am the wife. I am the greatest ahead. good that you will ever have. <laughs> Where's my super suit? Like, she's, okay, so aside from Edna Mode, honey... Um, Frozone's wife is <laughs> the best character and she only has like two lines and you don't see her yep. but oh my god the sass that she gives Lucius is just the best I, I I absolutely love it Lucius is uh, Frozone Samuel L. Jackson's character yeah and the reason why Samuel L. Jackson was cast as Frozone was because Brad Bird wanted someone who sounds cool yeah he yep. wanted him to like like n- n- be the coolest character both like Literally, because he's frozen, mm-hmm. and you know, figuratively, like he just wanted him to just, just sound really cool. Yeah. Um. So I kind of want to get into the family dynamic of the characters mm-hmm. and kind of like the double life of Robert Parr. So they, at, at this point, you know, the family they're aware that the two children, violent, uh, violent, violent. She does murder some straight does. up murder someone. <laughs> um, and Dash, they have powers, but they know that they can't use their powers. They can't, 
let on that they have powers. They have to keep it a secret. So it kind of creates this typical family dynamic that is so relatable. So you have the dad who is just kind of over it's he's kind of you know remembering the glory days and really just kind of sad being stuck in his current state wanting more out of life and from life you have helen parr you know who used to be elastigirl who's the stay-at-home mom you know making sure that everyone is clothed and and fed and that the house is clean and and you know she used to do great things and you know it's just trying to i feel like she kind of reminds herself like you know we're happy here we're happy here like at least we have a life you know we can raise our family and she's trying to keep morale up while trying not to let anyone know that she's faking it at least that's my opinion no, I agree. you know like the mom who puts on the happy face all the time who's like secretly dying on the inside yeah i think that's um, most yeah like at least a little bit and moms. then you have violet who is the teenage daughter she's you know kind of shy and and awkward and she likes the boy at school and he doesn't notice her and you know she's just like i said kind of like the stereotypical stereotypical like emo goth girl just you know kind of trying to figure out the world and come into her own and then she has this annoying little brother who is kind of like ADD ADHD and he has all of this pent up energy because all he wants to do is just run 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 and he can't get it out and he tries so in an effort to burn some of this energy like he puts little tacks on like the teacher's stool mm-hmm. when the teacher's not looking and you know he causes all oh, no, of the, these... cre- the the creature the teacher's <laughs> looking but uh he's just super quick he's too but it's like, fast you know kids with add need to do something to burn that look energy. a squirrel and sometimes it's not the most um productive way to burn oh anthony is back hello little aunt um sometimes it's not the most productive way to burn that energy and you know it creates friction between dash and violet they're fighting mom's trying to keep the peace dad is over it and jack jack's just happy to be here <laughs> he's just a baby and he's eating and he's just you Only know when his mom makes weird faces yeah she does like the airplane trying to I feed him and weird faces <laughs> <laughs> And one thing that I love about this movie is that, you know, towards the end, everyone is allowed to, you know, even though they have their secret identities, they're allowed to let their true colors shine. And it creates, uh, allows them to be a more cohesive and loving family unit. And they're definitely typical pain in the ass kids. It's like, okay, we're on this island. We just got shot down with missiles. If you need to use your powers. But you said never to use our powers. Fine, you fucking asshole. Sit here and die then. See if I give a shit. I'll make two more kids with better powers. Oh, my goodness. That was in the director's cut. Yeah. Um, That was in the director's cut. But, you know, it created this uh, very relatable vibe and rewatching it as an adult you know the the Robert Parr character not not Mr. Incredible but the Robert Parr character is so incredibly pun intended um, relatable yeah. you know how many of us 
have these goals and these dreams and we're kind of stifled. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe stifled's not the best word, but we have to do other things aside from what we want to do. We have to go to work. We have to make money. We have to care for our families. And, you know, we know that what we're doing is for the best, but there's still that little part of us that just wants to be the hero or that little part of us yeah. that wants that the adventure and that wants the the danger and I think you know I mean ultimately we both we all know that that is why him and Lucius kind of moonlight as vigilantes yeah kind of reminds me of the heroes for hire um you know but nobody hires them they just take it upon themselves to go and and listen to the police scanner and <laughs> see what they can do um but that's just so it's just it's so relatable like everyone wants to be more than what they are and maybe not everyone maybe i'm not talking about you but i feel like a lot of people out there just just feel like they're destined for more and want to be in a different position that they're in right now Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily have the means to do so maybe the timing is off maybe it's a money thing maybe it's just trying to get yourself in that mental state to take that risk Mm -hmm. but you know it's just so unbelievably relatable to see someone just kind of stagnant yeah yeah it's it's and i think that's one of the reasons why my dad enjoyed this movie so much like rewatching it as as a grown-up you know as an adult it's I could see parallels to him to my own father as well. Right? Like just I mean, some of the things that like my father would talk about like him and my godfather Jimbo, they would always like he was always say like they used to do all these fun things and he missed the old days and like he would bask in that glory. But then like, you know, he comes home from working construction and drywall, you know, 14 hours a day driving from Boston to home and back and forth like you know you see like like I can definitely see and I was really looking into that when I was watching it for recently and I was just like it's very much like I can see the parallels like like my mom being the one who's kind of like trying to keep everything okay in the homestead and then you have your father or like my father was definitely like that where he was really basking in those glory days like there was so many times where he's like I wish I did this more or I wish I was able to do that and like it's very relatable too because there's things that I would like to do that I wish at my at this time of my life like I wish there was more that I could do and then you know like cosplay is Edna Mode (laughs) (laughs) yes but it kind of parallels the kids how the kids view their parents too. Mm-hmm. So I know growing up uh, when I was younger, I used to view my parents as like superheroes. They were larger than life. You know, like my dad was in the military. My mom, you know, took care of people and like, they just, they're out there. They're doing things that you don't have the ability to do. And it just, it seems so out of reach. They seem like superheroes. Yeah. And then as you get older, you become, well, you're supposed to become more educated mm-hmm. and more aware of the world around you. And at the same time, you're becoming a teenager and you're getting very aggravated with your parents' existence mm-hmm. and rebelling. And, you know, all of a sudden your parents aren't the superheroes anymore. 
they're you know kind of the villain or just the the I'm antagonist gonna say, i'm gonna say dead weight for lack of better word i mean i know that's how i viewed i mean it's horrible to say but that's how i viewed my parents at times like i just felt like they were dead weight like they they were preventing me from being the person that i want who i thought i should have been at 13 mm-hmm. years old yeah. thank you mom and dad for holding me back because I would probably be in jail right now. So <laughs> listen to your parents. It's my passion. They know stuff. But anyways, you know, and then as you get older, you know, you experience more of the world. You get out on your own. You start to struggle, maybe even start creating family families of your own. Mm-hmm. You really start to, you know, you, you experience your parents struggles and then you start to see them for the superheroes that they were. And, and so I kind of think that, you know, not only physically are they going through all of these things, but you know, it's kind of, yeah, I totally agree with you with that. I, I definitely, as I've gotten older, I see like, I like, you know, you're at that age when you're at like a teenager, you think you're invincible, but you're not. And then as you get older, you know, your parents also get older and they deal with certain stuff and you're just like amazed at how they can do all these things that like provide for a family and then also deal with personal battles, deal with illnesses or whatever situation. Like even now, like I can't like the Iron Lady and Iron Dad, like I there's there are times where I'm just like, I can't believe that you've gone through so much yet still try to provide for a family, still put food on the table. Even when I was younger, I was like, how the hell do you do it? And then also, like, I still see my dad as a villain because he tries to wake me up at 7 o'clock and I just want to wake up. <laughs> so he's like my personal villain at the morning, and then by the end of the night, he's a hero. So I totally agree with you. So with this sequel coming out in a couple of days, I know I plan on seeing it hopefully sooner Rather than later. See it tomorrow night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are you hoping to see? Like, what are you hoping that the sequel accomplishes? If you hope that it accomplishes anything, you know, maybe you just want to have a good time at the movies, which is totally acceptable. It seems like they're going to have the the switch where um, Bob is going to be at home and uh, Helen is going to be doing the like the working woman so kind of changing the stereotypes yes which is gonna be great because i see especially if this is 1962 yeah and like how he like him trying to take care of a super baby who's like all over changing and morphing into different creatures and whatnot um it'll it'll be really excited to see like see that dynamic and how you know mom is out there being the working mom putting you know bacon on the table and all that but also like i one of the um new characters void who's gonna be with who's voiced by sophia sophia bush who i'm a huge fan of i'm excited to see what she's gonna be playing in the role as she's been known to being like a huge fan of elastic girl so maybe she will become maybe the new elastic girl or kind of follow in the steps or shadowing her being her like she'll be she'll be the syndrome version I don't know. We'll see. I like there's a lot that I'm going into this kind of like trying not to watch any more of the trailers. But I I haven't seen any of the trailers. I did enjoy. There's a trailer where they got fashion people involved, people in the industry talking about Edna Mode and her contribute to the fashion world, which I thought was hilarious. Like they got amazing. They Mm -hmm. had like all sorts of fashion designers in there and 
being like, oh, yeah, Edna Mode is, like, the best and the greatest. And she she revolution, like, what is it? Zach Porson or whatever. One of the, Oh, Zach Posen. Yeah, he yes. was in the in the trailer. Um, a a few models, like really popular models. I'll have to show you the trailer. It's great. Yeah, we'll um, we'll also post the trailer in the Facebook page as well. So for anybody that wants to watch it, yeah, if you're interested. What about you, Kristen? You excited? You gonna see it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I've been, I don't know, look casually looking forward to it for a while. Um, I know they talked about it like, um, I don't know, a while ago and. I was like, oh, that'd be really cool to see how it progresses and everything. And well, there's very few uh, delicious lizards, so. What are you Shut up! Shut up! No, Patrick. Yes. Um, I'm so excited to see it. I, like I said, I love the first one. I'm really eager to see how the flippage of the story plays out because we all know I believe in cinnamon rolls, not gender rolls. So mm, um, cinnamon. I know, rolls. right? Now I'm hungry. Uh, so mm, I'm really interested to see gender rolls. <laughs> Stop. So is that like um, pastry shaped like a dick? <laughs> Oh God! Um, oh God. Now, see, now I lost my train of thought. God damn it, Patrick! You said you're interested in the flippage of gender roles. Yes, and then you were like, mm, "Rolls." <laughs> so, well, I can go um, well if you're stuck. Okay, on hold. I I think I'm I'm getting back to you're my you got derailed <laughs> by you. Yes. <sighs> um, oh my goodness. I know it's like my first time. Apparently, I've never I've never done this before. I'm new. Um, no, I'm I'm really excited to see how everything pans out. And in this day and age, we are so thirsty for nostalgia. Like we just want mm-hmm. everything from our childhoods, and that's not a bad thing. We Pat C is shaking his head. No, okay, maybe not. I've everything. had enough Transformer <laughs> movies. Okay, so not everything from our childhoods, but you know, like things that are just nice, things that remind us of good times, things that put us in a good mood. You know, our happy place. Um, I, I'm hoping that you know this provides. I believe the movie is about two hours, so I'm hoping it's just two hours of, you know. What is that? What? Uh, what? <laughs> oh, I just I'm pining for my childhood. You know. Oh my god! Uh, eating dirt okay. and rabies. Just go, Patrick. <laughs> just go, because Patrick. Okay, I feel like I Way need to, to explain this to Patrick. I need to explain this to people who may not know. Patrick, if he has not said anything for an extended period of time, will explode. He will legit explode. <laughs> my brain starts working, and I make myself laugh, and then. I don't always make everybody else laugh. This I morning, this morning, I have not <laughs> slept much lately because I have been a bit under the weather. And he decides that he needs to strike up a conversation with me first thing in the fucking morning. I have not even had my coffee yet. She said, why I are you doing this? And I said, but I love you. I haven't and even she washed said, my Stop. face yet this morning. So I didn't talk to her. All I did was I queued up Michael Jackson, and it was the song where he's like, I just can't stop loving you. I'm so And I just sorry. played that, and she just gave me this look. I'm like, I'm not talking to you. I'm sorry. So anyways, Patrick. Yes. Talk. Okay, so the thing I'm looking forward to most is uh, if, you're, if you listen to any one of our shows, you know that I like 
you know, puns and stuff. witty comebacks. Mm. So what I'm hoping you is like stuff. We see some like great stuff. Like I want to see Bob punch a hole through someone's chest and like, ooh, looks like I've stolen your heart. And like, <laughs> what's her name? Oh. Violet like enclose someone's head in a force field until they suffocate. And she's like, ooh, looks like I have taken your breath away. And then like, I want to see Elastigirl like wrap her arm around like somebody's neck and like pop their head like a dandelion and be like oh don't lose your head on me now or you know something like or like looks like you'll never get ahead in life you know something crazy like that or like maybe some bad guys are like chasing her on like like rocket jet ski looking motherfuckers and like she just sticks her arm across and like they get decapitated and she's like take that motherfuckers and then like Samuel L. Jackson freezes a guy and punches him, and he just shatters into a million pieces like Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm looking for some more creative deaths. I mean, like, just people exploding? Sure. Crushing somebody with a boulder or, like, heaving them to their death? That was pretty interesting. You know, Mrs. In, uh, Elastic Lady, stretch, stretch Dude, uh, crushed some guy's windpipe. Like, that was interesting. Like, I would have liked to see more of him, like, struggling and, like, laying on the ground and her standing over triumphant like what now motherfucker and then like step on his face or something okay like, so i think now this is a good time. also i'm interested really to see what jack jack can do good time to take a break oh my God. so patsy can collect his thoughts <laughs> and we when we come back we are going to be discussing some battle results yes and we're going to talk about what's With coming math. up next so stay tuned kids Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring Baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Illusion. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created F is for Family. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Whiz Kid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly review show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. Whoa, we're back. Nicole, stop eating candy. Ash, what did you say? She said, said she maybe sadness. Maybe I'll be okay. So during the break, we were talking about maybe for Halloween this year. You know, if if Agent Nicole is going to break out the Edna Mode cosplay, <laughs> we're going to have to you know have her cosplay every chance that we can get her to do it. 
So maybe for Halloween this year, we should all do like a Pixar costume. And Kristen said that she she could do Violet, which you know, you could totally pull off Violet because you pretty much already am her. And you I was thinking like, Violet. oh, like wh- wh- what's my like favorite Pixar character? And I was like, oh my god, I could be Sadness from Inside Out, and Patrick can pull me around by my foot. <laughs> Just like real life. I haven't seen that movie. (gasps) I haven't either. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Inside Out. That'll be on your rose all day. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's all weekend. What are you talking about? So, to kind of give our listeners a little bit of insight into our lives, we're currently planning a rose all day slash Disney Cry Fest. So, we're going to drink different types. Like, we're going to spend the day drinking all different types of roses to see if you could actually rose all day. So, you know, it's for science. Um, But also, we're going to watch some of our favorite Disney movies that make us cry. So, on deck, we have, like, Moana and The Princess and the Frog and Lilo and Stitch and Coco. And And I definitely think we should throw Inside Out into that mix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, we... Patrick and I went to see Inside Out in the theaters, not immediately after it was released, but a few weeks um, after. And oh my goodness, I feel like Inside Out should be required watching for adults. Like you should have to take the time to sit down and watch Inside Out, like either by yourself or with a companion. But it's... uh, And companion for legal purposes can include wine. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, But it's so it's so good. And I feel like we'll definitely have to discuss the inside out characters on this show at some point because it is so well done. It is so well casted. Uh, But yeah, inside out. It was it was so great. It was so good. So as promised, uh, we did not announce our battle on the last episode because we forgot because we were experimenting with the new experiment. Where instead of announcing it on the show, we were trying to do it through social media. So I don't know what she's talking about. So, uh, I mean, maybe we, you we, I mean, we didn't forget. It was all science. Yes. For science. So we ended up getting more votes on this poll than we have ever gotten on any other poll before. So this was pretty cool. So what did we have? So we had... Um, what did we call it? We called it the Clash of the Crichtons because it was uh, two... Uh, franchises for lack of a better word that uh was created by the great science fiction horror medical drama writer michael Crichton. you are uh i would say 100 percent chance that you're familiar with his work sphere congo eaters of the dead andromeda strange uh er didn't he write the uh, pelican brief no that's uh john grisham i always mix the two of them up <laughs> um as well as Jurassic Park and Westworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also directed the original Westworld, which if you listened to our episode last week, you knew that. So we did our traditional Facebook poll. We also did uh, a poll on Twitter through uh, both my Twitter handle and uh, the show Twitter handle. So the... Um, the, uh, the Facebook group got 12 votes total. There were 20 on my Twitter 
and 45 votes on the Throwdown Thursday podcast Twitter for a total of 77 votes. So this was really cool. Uh, And it was a landslide in everything. Uh, In the Facebound group, it was 10 to 2. In the Facebound. Facebook group was 10 to 2. My Twitter was 14 to 6. And the uh, Throwdown Thursday group was 31 to 14 for a total of 55 to 22 with a whopping 71%. The Jurassic Park dinosaurs defeated the Westworld robots. Wow. Who did you pick? I don't know if I voted. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who did you pick? I did Westworld. I would have picked the dinosaurs, though. I know you would have. what about you? Would you think... uh, Humanoid robots with uh, heightened intelligence and skill and uh, strength and speed would make it through the dinosaur uh, island? Uh, probably not. I, I vote for the dinosaurs. Okay, also. so thanks for uh, voting in our poll. That was nice of you. So I voted for dinosaurs, too, because I like dinosaurs. So 55 to 22. Uh, Ashes, you have something you want to talk about other than dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. So I'm so happy that dinosaurs are kind of having another moment just because dinosaurs oh, are great. Uh, speaking of dinosaurs, Not this the mama? Tuesday, uh, I was going to say July, June 19th, you can watch Triassic World. It is an asylum film. It is a sci-fi original. And I actually had a chance to sit down with one of the stars, uh, Paulina Laurent. And, well, I say sit down. I was sitting down. I assume she was, too, because it was over Skype because she was in California. But we chatted about her role as immunologist uh, Erica Nieves in uh, in uh, Triassic World. And uh, that, of course, is coming out right before Jurassic World. So uh, you'll be able to read that article hopefully by the time this episode airs and uh, I'm going to upload some audio so you can, you know, hear how, uh, how she answered some of the the questions that I asked. Um, I think it went very well. And, uh, you know, we of course had Paulina on uh, with a group of other folks a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. for our Megalodon episode. So she has two huge movies coming out this summer and, uh, you know, she talks to to me about, you know, the difference between these films and like how the preparation was so different. Uh, I get her thoughts on what's scarier, dinosaurs or sharks. Uh, that's one of the things that we get, we get to talk about. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I think you'll enjoy the film. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing what you folks think about it. So, yeah, so that'll be up on the YouTube channel. Yep, that'll be up on YouTubes. the YouTube. On the YouTubes. I'm still learning how to edit audio. So bear with me. Um, I do have uh, my my. Uh, I do have somebody's helping me because they're a lot more uh, well versed in the uh, in the audio editing department. So I've got Miles from Best Darn Diddly and and Crumb from Casual Sex with Crumb and uh, Ripkin from the Derailers and Bob from the Cretans Guild uh, have been very very helpful in programs and stuff like that. Uh, so they've been helping me out a lot, and uh, I appreciate that help. So I just wanted to shout out those guys and check out their shows as well, especially next tu- next Tuesday. It's going to be busy. we got the Derailers show that you and I guest star on. Yeah, we're also both going to be live-tweeting Triassic World. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> yes. So Tuesday night, 
Look for us on Twitter. With the hashtag Triassic Throwdown. Ooh, Triassic Throwdown. Okay. Yes. I was going to say thoracic, but that's totally different. That's a yep, that's different, different, different thing. It is. Yes. Um, so completely unrelated to dinosaurs, we actually are participating in a fundraiser that is happening right now for the entire month of June of my sister's perfectly posh sales will be going to help out friends of the network and trick-or-treat radios, uh, Dynamo Mars, and his lady friend, Kim. And if you don't know what Perfectly Posh is, it is a fantastic brand of skincare products and bath products and stuff to make you feel good. That's not alcohol. You don't ingest it, but (laughs) you put it on your body. And what makes this stuff so great is that it is all cruelty free. Most of the products are vegan, Mm -hmm. all natural. um, No meat in any of them. No meat in any of them. Um, Most of the things are organic and it's not stuffed with crap. No chemicals, no fillers. Natural. Everything is $25 (coughs) or less. Shipping is usually $5.99. We will be posting information in the Facebook group on the Twitter and on the Twitter. Guys, I sound like an old person. In the YouTube. I'm going to go to the Walmarts, um, you know, on Twitter. I use and, a um, bunch of this stuff. I like did too. On Instagram. Um, Patrick, okay, so technically, you know, it's it's geared towards women. That's what the marketing Except is geared Except for toward. the beard stuff. However, a lot of these products lady. are gender neutral. Anybody can use them. Patrick has been using a lot of the oils and face scrubs and his beard i swear to god has never looked or felt better like he can actually give me smooches without stabbing my face <laughs> it's amazing i've tried a few of, of the samples that your sister had given me and i'm very like my skin is very particular to a lot of stuff it's mm-hmm. very sensitive and it was it was great. I felt really good. I think the, one of the days I came into work and our friend Sydney, your foster child, Sandy, Sandy was like, oh, my God, you look so good. You look so refreshed. And it's it's great. I'm going to be ordering stuff soon. But everybody I, I kept just, jabbing like, her in the face with their fingers like, oh, my God, like I am legit face. aging in reverse at this moment because uh, my skin. There's I'm, a picture in our attic that ages for her. <laughs> um. My skin is starting to look better in my 30s than it did in my 20s. And mm-hmm. it's all thanks to these products. Um, so if They're you not order- a sponsor, by the way. We're doing this strictly because we want to help raise money for Dynamo and Kim. Like yeah. I want to make that well, completely clear. And not only that. So if you purchase from my sister, not only are you helping out a small business owner, uh, all of her, her proceeds and stuff, uh, the money that she makes goes towards her medical bills and towards her disability services and what have you, all of her, you know, financial burdens that she, you know, incurs. But for the entire month of June, 10% of her entire sales 
will be given as a donation to Dynamo Mars and his lady friend Kim. So if you are interested, like I said, we will be putting this information up on Facebook and Twitter. Not the Twitter, just Twitter. And Instagram. You can find her. It's shelbyhoman.po.sh So it's S-H-E-L-B-Y-H-O-M-O-N All one word. Dot P-O dot S-H that's right. S H L B Y. Why? Because we care about Dynamo and Kim. <laughs> so, I think we have uh, some crazy shows coming up. We do. I think. I think we got to get to that so we can yeah, wrap so up this episode. Yeah. Before we wrap things up, we should definitely give you folks at home a taste of what's coming up next. So next week. The Lizard Queen herself is back in studio. Woo! We're talking about Johnny Faust from 2017's American Satan. I really hope people are familiar with this, and if not, you will be at the end of this. At the end of this, yeah. If you haven't had the opportunity to see this film, um, do yourself a favor and watch it. And if not, maybe we can convince you to go out and see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coming up the following week. We will be having our Infinity War therapy session. Yes. So with a very special guest. With a very very special guest. So send us your voicemails, your emails mm-hmm. regarding your, your Twitters, thoughts, your, your <laughs> YouTubes. Um, you know, regarding what else do the kids your, do? Chapsnats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I want a snack. Um, you know, your, your thoughts and your feelings and your opinions regarding this film. I know you have a lot of them and you've been dying to talk to people. The and film it's, it's been has been out enough. enough. Yeah. We are going to talk about it. So we're going to have a super spoilerific episode uh, just talking about the crazy 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 event that was and is infinity war and talking about you know maybe some things that we some predict will happen in the next avengers yeah. movie. i was pretty good about my theories for this one yeah and then the following week we will be discussing uh the next installment of uh, marvel films ant-man yeah. and the white anglo-saxon protestants <laughs> <laughs> um that looks like it's going to be interesting and it's going to be a hard episode, too. Yes. But, but we we'll will get, talk about We'll that. get to that eventually. Um, but I think with that being said... We will, we will see, see you next, next Thursday! Thursday.